with Christmas at Bethel. It's a great way to start the Christmas season, and there is no doubt that you will hear many times between now and December 25th, are you ready for Christmas? But what's really being asked there is, is all, are all your Christmas decorations up? Have you finished or even started your Christmas shopping yet? Have you put on your calendar all the things you want to do for Christmas? Have you mailed all your Christmas cards? You know, are you ready? Are you ready for Christmas? Many times, however, the Christmas season gets so hectic that we forget. Even in the church, we forget the real reason for the season. I read this moving Christmas story about a little girl who watched her mommy and daddy getting ready for Christmas. It seemed to her that her dad was preoccupied with boxes and bundles. It seemed like mama was uh, focused on parties and presents, but neither one of them had any time for her. She felt like she was being shoved aside at Christmas time. In fact, it seems like she was constantly being told, would you please get out of the way? Maybe some of you parents know exactly what I'm talking about, amen? So one night in December, this little girl knelt down beside her bed and she prayed this prayer. And she prayed, Father who art in heaven, please forgive us our Christmases as we forgive those who Christmas against us. You see, friend, when I ask the question, are you ready for Christmas? I'm not asking you about activities. I'm asking you about your attitudes. What is your attitude about Christmas? Friend, have you ever said something like this? Man, I just can't get into the Christmas spirit this year. Anybody ever said that? I have. I have said that. But you know what that really says about me? That tells me that when I say that, that my attitude toward the birth of Jesus is all wrong. Because it's not about activities. It's about my attitude. The time of year is not what prepares me for the birth of Christ. No, I prepare myself for the birth of the Savior. I pray that you will this year as well. So with that in mind, let's think again this year about what Christmas really means. Christmas says that God, the creator of the universe, became a human being. That the creator of the universe stepped out of the glory of heaven to walk in the dirt and the mud of this earth. Christmas says that God showed his love by living among us, by walking with us, and even talking to us. It's through Christmas that we learn that God is with us, that God is 
for us. And if you're a born again child of God, then God is in us as well. But what are the right attitudes? What are the right attitudes that we need to have so that Christmas can really happen? So that Christmas can really happen in our homes, in our families, and even in our hearts. This morning, we're going to turn our attention to a portion of the Christmas story that is recorded in Matthew chapter 1. The first chapter of the New Testament. And if you'll follow along with me, I'm going to begin in verse 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. And you, Joseph, will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled. That which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel which when translated means God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. You know, I like Joseph. I like Joseph Joseph is not in the spotlight for very long. We don't know a whole lot about Joseph as a man or as a person, but i found that Joseph can teach us a whole lot about our attitudes, especially about Christmas. Our attitudes is what will make Christmas real in your life this year. So the first attitude that i found that Joseph teaches us is this. We must be ready to accept God's will, whatever it is. Whatever it is. You see, Joseph was receptive. Joseph was open to the will and to the leading of God. So just for a moment, I want you to put yourself in his position. Joseph thought that his life was going along pretty much as planned. He was pledged to be married, which means that Mary and he had made all the necessary arrangements and the wedding ceremony was set to take place. Joseph knew that he and Mary would be married and they would settle down in Nazareth, which is in Galilee. So we know this is a Galilean wedding. We know that he would continue as a carpenter and that his hope was that they would live happily ever after. But then Mary comes to him and says, Joseph, I'm expecting a baby. That must have hit Joseph like a bombshell. 
Joseph thought that Mary loved him. He thought that, that she loved him just as much as he loved her. He knew that this child wasn't his. And the only conclusion that he could reach was that Mary had been unfaithful. Mary had broken their covenant. It appeared that Mary had broken the bond that existed between them. And according to the law of that day, Mary was to be stoned to death. But Joseph loved her so much, he certainly didn't want that. And so he decided to divorce her quietly. And as he was thinking about all this, an angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and in fact said this, Joseph, trust God. Trust God. He is in this, both literally and figuratively. Amen? He's in this. You may not understand all that's happening, but just trust God. And I'm assuring you that everything's going to be all right. Now, apparently, Joseph was a man of faith, but sometimes it's hard to live by faith, isn't it? It's not always easy. When God always does what we expect him to do, well, it's easy to live by faith. Amen? Amen. But what happens when God doesn't do what you expect? It's awful hard to live by faith then, isn't it? But Joseph trusted God. And even though the list of his questions must have been a mile long, he trusted God. Because he believed that God's will was best for his life, for the life of his wife, and for the life of his baby. So, in this time of year, we look inwardly. We find ourselves in a similar position as Joseph. Christmas comes as a time of peace, but yet we turn on the news and there's conflict everywhere. Christmas comes as this time of joy, but we look at our news feed, and all we see is sadness. Christmas comes as a time of love, and it don't take long for you to see all the hatred that is out there in the world. We cry out like Joseph must have cried out, God, how can this be? But like Joseph, I pray that we hear the still, soft whisper of God saying, trust me. Trust me. Everything's going to be all right. You see, God's ways are not always our ways, are they? Certainly God's thoughts are much higher than our thoughts. And we may never understand everything that God is doing on this side of heaven. God says, God says, trust me, my child. Trust me, my child, and it will all work out. Paul wrote to believers and said that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You see, 
Christmas happened at least partially because Joseph trusted God. What would have happened had he not trusted God? It would have been a different story. We need to learn to trust God. We need to learn to accept the will of God, whatever that may be. Now there's a second attitude that I believe that Joseph teaches us. And that is this. We need to be ready to care about other people. See, it's not all about us, is it? Our life is not always about us. And the sooner you get that, the better off you'll be. You know, Joseph's assignment was really a pretty simple one. And that's the way we portray him in the Christmas dramas. We picture Mary with this halo over her head. She's looking so angelic. Over here are the excited shepherds. And over here are the, the wise men with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And here in the midst is the Christ child, pure and innocent. And over here stands Joseph. Joseph doesn't have a starring role, but his part is so incredibly important. His part is so important. His part, his task is to take care of Mary. His task, his part is to take care of this baby, Jesus. You see, Joseph had the important role of caring for the needs of other people. Joseph learned that it wasn't all about him. That apparently it was also about Mary. And it was also about this baby. Thanksgiving and Christmas come but once a year. And as Tim Shelton shared last week, the season usually causes us to be more sensitive to the needs of other people. And can I just commend you as a church for the community uh, rural food delivery. You offered up $1,555 to feed hungry people in Giles County. Was I blown away? Yeah. But you know what? It shows me that you care for those folks. You, you care for those folks that, that are hungry. You care for those folks that are struggling to put food on the table. And you speak to them in a careful way. But you know, sometimes those needs can be so overwhelming. And so what are we to do when we feel overwhelmed in this area? Well, here's what you do. You just try to make a difference. You just try to care for other people one person at a time. Whoever God puts you in front of, show your care for them one person at a time. Because I believe that the best description of a church is they really care. Does our community describe Bethel Baptist Church that way? Do they say about this church, this church really cares? They don't just pray for me. They also help me with my practical needs. They care for me. You see, Christmas came in part because Joseph cared. The first Christmas came in part because Joseph cared about Mary. He cared about Jesus. And listen, it will also come for us. 
when we learn to start caring about others too. Your life is not about you. Your life is about being used in the hand of Almighty God to make a difference in the lives of other people. Now there's a third and last attitude that I think we can learn from Joseph, and it is this. Be ready to give whatever you have to give. It's only temporary anyway. Christmas came to Joseph. Listen carefully. Christmas came to Joseph because Joseph gave. Christmas came to Joseph because Joseph gave. He gave whatever he had to give. And can I tell you that worldly speaking, he didn't have much. But he gave whatever it was he had to give. Joseph didn't know that after Jesus was born, he was going to have to tote Mary and Jesus to Egypt. Joseph didn't know that he was going to be separated from his hometown and separated from his side of the family. When Joseph signed up, if you will, he didn't know all the demands that were going to be put on his time. He didn't know all the demands that were going to be put on his wallet. But whatever God asked him to do, whatever God asked him to give, Joseph freely gave. He freely gave. And that's what Christmas is, isn't it? It's not about the receiving. It's about the giving. You see, when God gave himself, Christmas happened. When Joseph gave himself, Christmas happened. And friend, listen, there is nothing wrong with the giving and receiving of gifts. But we need to remember that on Christmas, the greatest gift was, listen to me, was given. On that first Christmas, the greatest gift of love was given. So we need to remember that. I read a story about Wally. Wally was a 7th grade student. And he was bigger than anybody else in his Sunday school class. His mother had been an alcoholic when he was born. And as a result of that, Wally didn't have the same mental capabilities as the rest of his classmates did. But somehow Wally managed to get by. Well, Christmas time came, and the class decided they were going to put on a Christmas pageant. And since Wally was the biggest, he was selected to be the innkeeper. Because everybody knows that the innkeeper is the villain, right? And so they coached Wally to be just as mean as he could possibly be. Well, the night came for the Christmas party. And in the middle of the play, Mary and Joseph came and they, they went to an inn in Bethlehem and they knocked on the door. And Wally opened the door and just as he was taught, just as mean and just as gruff as he could possibly say, he said, what do you want? And Joseph said, we need a room. We need a place to stay tonight. 
Wally said, listen, you're going to have to stay somewhere else. We ain't got no room here. There's no room at the end. And Joseph said, but my wife is expecting a baby just at any time now. Isn't there somewhere that we might stay, that we might be protected from the cold, where my wife can give birth to her child? Well, he said, no, there ain't no room here. Amen. I don't know if he said ain't or not, because I think that's an Anderson thing. <laughs> There's no room here. And then suddenly there came this awkward silence on the stage. It was that silence when you know that somebody forgot their lines. And so from behind the curtain, the teacher said, be gone, be gone. But you see, Wally had gotten choked up. And he couldn't say, be gone. Finally, after being coached for nearly a whole minute, Wally said, be gone. And Mary and Joseph sadly turned to leave. And just as they turned, Wally said, wait a minute. You can have my room. The teacher began to put her face in her hands and to pull her hair. She knew that Wally had just ruined the whole play. But did he? Did he ruin the play? Maybe Wally, better than anybody else, communicated the real spirit of Christmas when he said, you can have my room. You can have my life. You see, that's what God said at Christmas. He said, you can have me. I give myself to you. And that, friend, still is the greatest gift of all. Yeah. Are you ready for Christmas? Yes. Amen. I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. And I don't know if you're going to get all your shopping done. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to get your shopping done. I don't know if you're going to make it to all the places you want to go this Christmas. But I hope that you're ready in attitude. <clears throat> I hope that you're ready for the real spirit of Christmas to come. Because if you're ready in attitude, listen carefully, church, it will come. It will come in the greatest way of all. If you're ready in attitude. Friend, Jesus Christ stands before us today in spirit. And he's inviting us, each one of us, to make the most of the important decisions about life and about eternity. Believe it or not, you've got a decision to make today about your life and about eternity. The Lord extends his nail-pierced hands And he says, I have given my all for you. 
Did you give yourself to me? I don't really need the gifts that you have to offer. I just want you. You see, Jesus came as a baby. And Jesus grew up to be one more fine teacher. We know that Jesus sacrificed his life for us on Calvary's cross. We know that he was gloriously raised from the dead to prove that God had power over death. And we know that the Lord Jesus miraculously ascended to heaven where he sits at the right hand of God today. But listen very, very carefully, my friend. If you're listening, say amen. amen. He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again for those who have placed their faith in him. And you will not want to be left behind because you have not given yourself to the Savior. It may be today. The Bible is very clear. That no one knows the day or the hour. Not the angels in heaven, not even the Son, but only the Father knows. And one day, the Father is going to say to Jesus, go get my children. And if you're not rapture ready, you will be left behind. I don't say this to cause fear. I say this as a scriptural fact. I want you to be ready. Jesus wants you to be ready. Because he's coming again. Friend, Christmas will happen if you'll learn to trust God no matter what. If you are willing to care about other people. To not be so self-centered and self um, consumed but to care about other people Christmas will happen but finally you've got to be willing to give whatever it is God's giving you to give and when you do Christmas will happen I pray that if you've never given your life to Christ you won't wait another day Jan and I, after we watched that film, were absolutely petrified that there wouldn't be another day. I was petrified that there wouldn't be another day for me to share this message with you. To make sure that you're ready, that you're rapture ready. Because I'm going to feel awful if you don't go. So let me pray for you.